The Full Exposure Podcast is brought to you by Dr. Peter Hahn and University of Michigan Health West in appreciation of the creative and artistic visionaries who enrich our lives through cultural connections. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Full Exposure Podcast with me, your boy, Brian. Today's guest is actor, comedian Joe Anderson. He's the co-founder of The Comedy Project. Joe is, in my opinion, one of the finest improv artists and comedic actors working today. Having worked with the Second City in Detroit and also having traveled around the country for years in a stinky van with his own sketch comedy troops, Joe has now bet his entire livelihood on comedy. He is the co-founder of The Comedy Project, an improv and sketch comedy club on Grand Rapids' west side that also features a comedy and corporate training center, as well as private event hosting. The pandemic has made operating The Comedy Project nearly impossible and has taken a mental and financial toll on Joe and his entire team. But they are beginning to thrive again, and there's light at the end of the tunnel. Curiously... Joe also had a teenage infatuation with my now sister-in-law, Kristen, at a summer sports camp in Pennsylvania. This is something we dig into. We only found out about this uh, coincidence of relationships. Uh, just, you know, uh, it was years after Joe and I met. We I don't even know when we met. Joe and I go back quite a bit. But we attempt to set the record straight about this uh about this gymnastics slash bmx riding camp uh summer camp i i still don't understand it joe tried to explain it we'll see if you understand it but the point is uh joe had the eyes for uh my sister-in-law Kristen, and uh it's one of those summer teen things you know i don't know misconnection perhaps you never know there's always hope uh, hey, thanks for joining in. As always, my thanks to University of Michigan Health West and Dr. Peter Hahn for their support of this podcast. I had a very busy February. I was in Phoenix for a week for to shoot a project, and then I went down to Haiti, to uh, which you'll be hearing a lot more about on this podcast, uh, to work with an orphanage down there. Uh, and my friend Mitch Album, the author and columnist, sports columnist. Um, so yeah, lots to come with the podcast. So thanks for hanging in there. But for now, let's explore the bigger picture with comedian, actor, uh, BMXer, um, you know, guy who's been around, uh, my family, uh, in a time machine going back 30 some years ago or more, who knows, summer camp with my now sister-in-law, Kristen. A wild story, people. Let's explore the bigger picture with my buddy Joe Anderson. Well, anyway, let's get started, yeah. man. Uh, right. Joe, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks. I, for I feel me. like we've known each other a long time, but not well, but right. enough that it's friendly. Right. I always look forward to seeing you and you oh, and come you. On. Come yeah. on, let's talk about me. For a <laughs> No, I've always admired what you've done from sketch comedy to, um, you know, all, all these different things, a writer and uh, starting, you know, I think big swing for the fences type projects. And we'll yeah. get to those in a second. But all like right. even seeing you in 
buzzard and acting and oh yeah 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 and Joel Petroikis was a guest before I don't know if you have anything real quick and Joshua Burge is a is a friend of mine yeah I saw him in LA not long ago but what was it like how did you get involved with buzzard with Joel uh it was interesting so uh, the other the movie before so what was it, ape yeah ape which was uh I think maybe right before buzzard and Joel had been talking to me about it because it was uh you know, a lot of it took place in kind of the comedy world. Yeah. And for... Yeah, the main character was a stand-up, right? Yeah. And I was potentially going to be involved in that one. And I don't remember why I couldn't. I think maybe I was doing my one of my sketch groups at the time, so it might have been a schedule thing. But then when Buzzard came around, uh, Joel was like, man, I got this part that I think you'd be really good for. And so he sent me it, and I, it's just it's a great role. And that uh, isn't, I watched it. I mean, it had been out for four or five years. I hadn't watched it. Yeah. But like Buzzard really sucked me in just because of the local angle. But then I forgot that quickly because it's such a really interesting movie. And you don't see a lot of like, like all of Joel's films. Yeah, there's they a lot over deliver. Like you have this, oh, he's a Grand Rapids based director and like these local actors. But it's, Buzzard was great. Yeah. You're seeing. Yeah, Josh and I talk about that, uh, Burge. Uh, I mean, we just, like, when we finished the scene, we were just both like, this was a great couple days. <laughs> I mean, we just had so much. I, I mean, Josh, who I, I loved working with, and I, we would just say, like, I, I mean, I remember saying to him that I, I knew that no matter what I would throw at him, like, he was ready for it. Yeah. And it was Yeah, you know, I really wonderful. admired his acting progress because, you know, coming from, Music and Chance Jones, and then you know he. Oh right, he came in as a hack. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and he would he would agree with that. No, but it was just like, yeah, I don't I don't know, but like I, he's such a talented actor from top to bottom, and just when you can just see him inhabit something for a minute, even in during our photo shoot where you just take a cue. And you're just like all of a sudden are a slightly different character. Yeah. Like it's such a great talent. But so you were yeah. buzzard had yep. this killer, very memorable scene. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. Right. But the um, and then uh, so film work with that, and then you were uh, so take us from maybe the local. So I want to talk about your Grand Rapids evolution. Sure. In terms of being interested in comedy and writing, and your progression from. You know, some film, some acting, uh, and then also like uh, evolving into sketch comedy and Don't We Boys and now yeah. the comedy projects. So, yeah. how did you get started after maybe college? Uh, well, I, I started doing, I, I mean, it was one of those things where I, I was in like ninth grade when I was like, I'm gonna do comedy. So, it was great, like, epiphany to have as a ninth grader, because sure. uh, it definitely gave me some focus. Um, but, like, I didn't know things really existed like improv and sketch comedy, at least as a potential vocation. Um, that's right. I do it as my job. I'm still putting it in quotes. <laughs> um, and so when I was at Western, which is where I went for uh, theater, and I started an improv group there, and so you know, and, and just kind of started to know that the stuff even existed, yeah. and the and the potential and like possibilities with it. Was the there was the onslaught of like kids in the hall on comedy Comedy Central sort of feeding yeah. into this around that time period Probably, as well? Probably because it was like that, and was it Exit Fifty Seven and the State, all that stuff was going on, which for the most part was all a little bit more absurd than I 
tend to like mm-hmm. am drawn you know that I'm drawn to but uh but yeah I mean it was definitely you know informing my sure. uh, if nothing else what I thought was the potential uh, of my involvement in that sure. world it's a path it may not be the path you want right but it's like the people are executing some vision and that there's the world where you can be uh, goofy and a little off center and still be able to create yeah. something in the world of comedy through your own voice, right? Yeah, like someone's doing it. So right. like, oh, so then maybe I can. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I started doing more improv in college. And then right out of college, I auditioned for Second City. And I had a really bad audition the first time. I mean, I was like, you know, I was so nervous. I couldn't have wanted it more. Sure. And it was a real it's bad. It's a bad spot to be in. Um, but then about a year later, I went back and I had a very good audition. And timing combined with my good audition apparently um, led to me getting offered uh, a, a spot in one of the touring companies. In, out of Chicago? I auditioned in Chicago. Sure. And then I, it was when they just were opening the one in Detroit that was downtown Detroit. And so one of the directors who was at the audition in Chicago, like, basically said, You're hey, coming to Detroit. go to Detroit. Yeah. And I, basically, I, I was going to get to do more sooner. Yeah. by doing that as sure. well. So I was there and loved it. Uh, I mean, it was like, it was my dream job for, uh, yeah, a couple, two and a half years. And um, who, were there yeah. any people that we might know that were part of Detroit? Or I mean, the, the big one is Keegan. So I, was, yeah. I, did, I performed with Keegan. Oh Keegan, my gosh. Uh, Keegan Michael Key. And uh, just, yeah, wonderful experience with him and, and everyone else yeah. who wasn't famous. I mean, Tim, Tim Robinson yeah. and, and Sam uh, uh, Richardson, Richardson were yeah. around at the time as well. You know, who went on to do Detroiters, et cetera. Veep, yeah, other yeah. giant things. So, uh, yeah. It's giant things. Well, even like, uh, I was able to meet them in a, at an event in Detroit and shot some portraits of them separately. But just found both of those guys to be Sam, especially. And t- well, they were both just the nicest people. I mean, gracious. You know, are there exceptions for sure? But like, Im- I mean, improv. So like, when I talk about, so I said, you know, I did stand up for a long time, and I love stand up. But stand up skews adversarial, and improv, especially sketch as well. But improv, you know, like, it skews communal. Yeah. Like, like you know, it's all about like support and and you know the whole yes and thing and and like. You know, we talk about someone being a loving improviser. Like, sure. that's like a phrase that we use. Like, oh, no, he's great. He's a really loving improviser. Yeah. So I'm... I'm Where you're surprised. constantly in this uh, helping. The, the more you help, the more everyone has success in a yeah. particular scene. Which is, I can totally... I never really thought of that. But yeah, yeah I think a lot of stand-ups I know are like very... Um, you know, have sides to them that can get... A little like, oh well, why is that happening for that person or this? And and because it's such yeah. a solo expression, whereas improv is by its nature, you have to right. It's ensemble, it's ensemble, etc. Yeah. And and I even like the adver- adver- adversarial thing. I even mean like just like the the relationship between the stand-up performer and the audience. Like there's there's an an adversarial nature to that sure. that doesn't exist in improv because in improv you literally need the audience. Yeah, at least for some of that input. Yeah. Um, I hadn't really yeah. thought of it like that, although it makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, well, you're welcome. I mean, what I, then my work here is done. I think we can shut <laughs> this down. We're done now. I can just, I've got my aha moment, and thanks for coming in. 
Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the comics, the, the, they thrive on that. Uh, they almost want that. They want that push-pull tension yeah. between the audience and then can you win them over and... Mm-hmm. and and, and I, yeah, it just makes perfect sense. So why were you drawn to that as opposed to like, what was that point where you're like, mm, you know what, I'm really gravitating towards improv more than trying to hone out a comedy stand-up career? Because you at that point you can, like, what are you going to give your full attention and love and development right. to? Yeah, was there and a and moment was a... or a, something that occurred to you that you're like, this is why I want to do this? Um, I really. Uh, sketch comedy actually specifically uh, like scratched a lot of itches for me so it it was ensemble it was communal you know which works with a lot of what I am and who I am and my theater background even but with sketch comedy you know it's also writing and so like I I often would call sketch comedy was like stand up but with friends Mm -hmm. and so it it was more in my general wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And so I, and Second City, I think, is a lot of what cemented that for me. Sure. And so after that, when I ended up, you know, coming back to West Michigan, um, it wasn't that long after that where, you know, kind of like more experimenting with improv and, and sketch in town, uh, specifically at Dog Story Theater, mm-hmm. rest in peace, um, which is where a group called the Don't We Boys that yeah. I started um, was formed. You, I had the pleasure of being uh, roasted one night uh, at Dog Story. Sure. We did yeah. a thing, that, and I was just amazed because what I love about that experience in it, you know, you would take somebody in the community and then, you know, do an interview on stage, and there'd be funny banter with that, yep. and then you would perform Yeah, Yeah, that was the me. VIP show, so, yeah. Yeah. So we, we'd talk to the person for... Um, yeah, 15, 20 minutes in front of the audience, and then we would do, you know, a 20-minute, like, improv, you know, yeah. skewed version of their life. And it was amazing yeah. because there were so many great little minute, honing in on minute details Yeah, with these callbacks in the sketch that would just slay. It yeah. would just slay the audience. Yeah. It, I mean, I spent most of the night uh, laughing on, on the stool, but because of... How you exaggerated and would take some moments. Yeah, I love those shows. Yeah, we did it. Uh, yeah, we did it with you and like Pastor Rob Bell and local people would know like Suzanne Jiha. And then we did the Kent County Coroner at one point. It was just yeah. Do you have riot. a connect to Suzanne Jiha? I want her for the podcast. Yeah, she I can't do it on camera. She I can't does. give you her number on camera, but definitely right after. I'm this. Trying it, Suzanne. If you're out there, I want, I'd love to catch up with you. What you've been. She doing. was great. I tell you, she was great. I photographed such her a wonderful for Laugh Fest. She was a very nice lady and very. Uh, 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 someone you th- had an on-camera persona that you anticipated, but found her to be so so nice. Yeah, it was great. Very agreed. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you don't have to make the connect now. We'll do that. <laughs> Maybe we'll Facetime her after the. Yeah, we should do it right after this. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, those types of shows, and then uh, so I don't want to jump ahead too far, but yeah. I think the you know what you. Um, Dog Story Theater was going. It was all volunteer. You know, it's like uh, t- tough to make. You know, tough to make it on ticket sales. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it was like a zero budget plan, and it, and it worked for a long time. I mean, it really the goal was. How long was to, that on Jefferson? Probably six, seven, eight years. Yeah, eight or ten even maybe. Wow. And you know, it was literally all volunteer nonprofit. I mean, no one got paid. Uh, the the people who would put on it. I mean, the goal of it was so that you know, if someone had did a the show, landlord get paid any, them? Or did, did other they, than the landlord, yeah, yeah the landlord's landlord always get their cut. Yeah, 
but the goal was, you know, really to make it so that anyone who had an idea could put it up and not only not lose money, but probably make a little bit of money putting on their show. And so it was, you know, a good like incubator space uh, of sorts for a lot of like local theatrical production companies. And so, and we also had this Monday night thing where it was, you know, like a lot of improv and sketch groups doing short shows. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was very involved in all of it. And a lot of the people who were doing like River City and Pop Scholars now were also real involved. And uh, Matt and Dave, who do Pop Scholars, uh, I think Matt had written a sketch and they needed another person for it. And so Dave and I were going to be in the sketch. And after it was done, I was just like, man, that's like so my sense of humor. It went over really well. And so we were, you know, we were like, let's see if we can do something. So we all started writing stuff and then we did a local show and it went really well. And, you know, I, I had already been doing like comedy as kind of like my job for a while. And so I'm thinking, you know, could this be work? And so I was immediately like, you know what, it's funny here, let's see if it's funny everywhere. Yeah. So we started applying to some big comedy festivals out in San Francisco, down in Austin, and New York, and we got in all of them, and it was just like going great. And so for six or seven years with some different lineups, Matt and Dave ended up kind of Because you were doing getting colleges, and you were doing like anywhere. Big college tours. Also... Don't get too derailed. You have one from the from our photo shoot. We have one one red hair coming above. Uh, it's from the wig. There it is. There. there it is. That was on the side of we'll your. We'll auction head. that off. <laughs> um. <laughs> what is the opening bid for that? I mean, the opening we split, bid. Yeah, what can we split on that? Uh, what kind of cut you? Five bucks. It was your wig. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it should start at five bucks because it should start. It should start as accessible to anyone. <laughs> And then we see where it's it goes. a pandemic. Let's slash it to three fifty. Yeah, reopening. A lot of people are hurting out there. Uh, okay, so yeah, don't we boys are going and yeah. having some success and traveling. I remember yep. that whole run that you guys were. Yeah, we're through the Midwest now, and then you went out. Yeah, I think you went all. Oh, yeah, we were like thirty five states. Yeah. yeah, I mean it was it was very fun. Uh, it was really good content. We'd gotten to, we. Ended up in, by the end of it, we got invited to pitch a, a pilot that we made for TBS and USA and Comedy Central. And so, like, I don't have a TV show, but, you know, like, we were doing stuff that made people think, should we give them a TV show? So I still, you know, I'm really proud of yeah. all of that stuff that we were I making. Think, can you talk about how hard some of this uh, pursuit is to do from our geographic standpoint? Like, uh, you know, you're yeah. not in, in a big market. Mm -hmm. You're not in L.A. You're not in New York, which would be barriers in and of themselves mm -hmm. to do, like, a dog story theater or even the comedy project now. Yeah. You need a lot more capital to get started. Mm -hmm. But is there, I guess my question is, is there a geographical sort of barrier to uh, getting something like that up and running and successful, or don't you really look at it like that? Uh... I think I must not really look at it like that, but I do think that there is. So, uh, I mean, like we didn't, we not, we you know, we weren't like talking about like, hey, we're from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Like we weren't, right? We knew enough to that that, that wasn't going to be that a on selling the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to disclose. I guess more context to my question is that I, if I look at my photography career. Sometimes, even though I could execute certain projects uh, equally to some of my, um, you know, other photographers across the country, 
they'd see I was from Grand Rapids and they're like, it wouldn't take oh, me yeah. as seriously. Or we, you know, even if the shoot's in Kansas, we'll fly in the New York or LA person. Mm-hmm. Even though if you, on balance, if you looked at our work, you know, it, you I felt like I was better. in a better position. Right. And so I, mean, I don't had, know if that happened. We had, an L, we, had, we had an LA number. Yeah. I mean, we had an LA phone number. <laughs> I mean, we did. Yeah. So, like, through our that website, like, if you were going to contact us, it sure. was, like, it was an L.A. phone number. And it was forwarded five times through right. uh, Google. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow, eventually mm-hmm. ended up at your phone, yeah. is what you're that's saying. That's right. That's yeah. right. And that's just technology stuff, you know, and that's how technology works. So <laughs> This is where you've invested all that money is into teaching others how to uh, set up yeah. an L.A. phone number. Yeah. No, I like it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but I think the, the point is, is what I've always admired about anyone pursuing their passion and dream and also as a career, which adds this other element of the stakes involved, mm-hmm. is uh, no net, uh, poor van travel, like the cliches of everything. That's yeah. so true, where uh, to make anything happen and have any success is so hard and requires so much perseverance. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there's something you want to add on to that just from you know, the comedy sort of improv experience or trying to theater, like all that. Yeah. I view these worlds as kind of all the same. They have the same challenges, whether it's photography or video or movie making mm-hmm. or singing in a band or like. Yeah, I mean, I, I often would say, you know, I'd have lots of friends who were teachers or, you know, engineers and, and, you know, the default thing from a lot of my friends in, in those fields would be things, you know, they'd say things like, you know, it's so cool that you're following your dream. You know, like, it must be wonderful. You know, it's, it's so, like, rose-colored. And, and I would often just say, I'm stressed about everything you're not stressed about. Right. Like, everything that gives you calm, your stability, mm-hmm. your consistency, your reliability... I don't have any of that, and I stress about that all the time. And for the like 45 minutes when I'm on stage, yeah, that's my bliss. Like that part's great, and everything else. Well, it's is a grind. We were joking during our, our photo shoot before. It was just like uh, taking the most insecure, insecure people fundamentally, which makes them kind of creative and different, and have a different viewpoint, and then putting them in the most insecure financial situation of all time. Yeah. Because there isn't a traditional path. There isn't a traditional paycheck. There's not healthcare guaranteed at the other side. Mm-hmm. Like it's all this stuff. But out of that alchemy comes magic, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think. Uh, that persistence, that's why I've, I've, I've admired following the comedy project now, which will reset here in a minute in terms of like what's happening currently. But yeah. just the grind. And you've seen many artists, so whether it was people from Detroit going on to Veep and, you know, yeah. Tim Richardson having his own show on Netflix. And, and you're like, or not Tim Sam. Richardson, Sam Richardson on Veep. And oh, and Tim, Tim Robinson, yeah. uh, on, um, uh, you know, Netflix. he's got a sketch yeah. comedy on, on Netflix. So, um, you know, seeing that, that success, and again, it's possible, but it requires perseverance. And even like getting a, a part-time job to help offset this or that can derail somebody right out of doing the... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I ended up in Grand Rapids. Yeah. I mean, so I was living in Grand Haven, 
And uh, there Another were like comedy mecca, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great choice. Yeah, known for its what? Prano pups and comedy. <laughs> uh, oh, and the music phone. So yeah, I was living in Grand Haven, and I would you know I was doing a fair amount of like commercial work at the time. But I would have people. I had like a few people in a row say something like, "Yeah, we didn't call you because we didn't know if you'd want to come into town." I'm like. The 40 minutes into Grand And finally, I was like, I got to move I got to move to Grand Rapids. I got to at least take that out of the equation. Sure. Uh, you didn't want to come in off the beach. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that is, there's your geographic barrier right there. And it happened to be insular in your own region. They're like, well, we can't hire him. He's in Grand Haven. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Well, I guess my point is, like, you've seen so many people either persist or bust out. And the point is, if you bust out, uh, whatever you thought you might achieve on the other side, like that's not a possibility anymore. Mm-hmm. And are you feel like, how are you in your mindset now between uh, starting dog, dog, not dog story, starting comedy project, bootstrapping that, renovations, construction, mm-hmm. really doing a lot of the work yourself mm-hmm. with your, you know, I mean, not single-handedly, right. there's a team of people there, but... Just getting it off and going, getting a liquor license, then boom, two years of pandemic. Yeah. How are you really sitting now in terms of um, aspirations with um, enthusiasm for this craft? Like, Mm -hmm. what, what is your, to use the point... You know, is it a pivot point or is it like, where, where are you at? I'm not asking if you're going to quit. Sorry. I'm just saying like, uh, it could be a tremendously defeating time. Like you yeah. can tap out any time for any reason and people go totally understandable. Right. And the thing is like, that's happening, right? Like that's happening in, you know, like industries everywhere. You know, people are just like, I mean, like the like local pizza place that just yeah. announced they're closing. Yeah, and every and, road just right. closed. But again, but people would be like, oh yeah, I get it. Right. Like, oh, I get it. Yeah. And, you know, I've said, uh, and, I, and I do mean this exactly the way I'm going to say it. Like I, I am fine. And I'm, I'm not a danger to myself or others, but I've never been closer. Right. You know, like, sure. like I'm saying it that way because I know it's also like a little bit funny that way because yeah. that's, you know, where I go. But yeah, it's been crazy. No, and I think the challenges, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that you're just candid about it. Like it's, I've, uh, you know, um, uh, not in a clinical sense or problem, but I've, I've had some real re-examinations of what do I want to do with my life? And mm-hmm. I think that's happened it's happened uh, to everybody at some point should have used some part of the pandemic to reassess. We're seeing the great resignation. A lot of mm-hmm. people are like, oh, I, I, I really need to pursue what I want to pursue. Mm-hmm. But also, if you've been pursuing that and get kind of like Lucy with the football, like it seemed to me like, like here we go. And then pandemic, and you're like, you're in with restaurants and everybody else and mm-hmm. businesses trying to make it. Um, that it is a true struggle. But now that we're emerging out of it, you've got some programming and shows going. I mean, are we? <laughs> but I well, mean, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, sure. I guess the point I just, is. Like, I, I can just tell you, like, we had a show this past summer. Yeah. We had a show that was called, at the Comedy Project, the show was called Now That That's Over. Because at the point when that show was happening, that's how we all felt. Yeah, now that that's out. over. And we could do that same show yeah. now, and people would still be like, what do you mean it's not over? So anyway, no, I get it. I guess my point was that people are uh, throwing in the towel in terms of like I was just at the grocery store yesterday. This I got to hear. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're gonna love it. It's 
I can't wait. Buckle up. No, but like I, I think I was the only person in there still wearing a mask, yeah. and also the staff. Like I went got uh, some. Yeah, my my father in law has COVID again, mm-hmm. so I was picking up some items for them. Just they needed six things dropped at the outside of their house. All right, you're a giver. Yeah, true. I'm a gracious partner, yeah. as they say. But uh, the uh, but point is that even the deli workers weren't wearing mm-hmm. masks anymore. Mm-hmm. So my point is, is like, are we over it? Who knows? But I guess uh, as you talk about trying to surge into 2022 in yeah. terms of programming and what's going on, like, is it a point where we're still like, where's your mindset? Are you uh, hopeful about this I mean, this I'm year? still, I think, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on. I'm, yeah, I am holding on. I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I'm definitely, there's a resilience about me that is, I mean, has dimmed a bit, but is still like a part of me. Uh, you know, when we, you know, when we started, there was, yeah, I mean, opening the place almost, I think, maybe like literally almost killed me. Uh, I think just the hours and the, and the building part and the stress. And, you know, we had people, um, you know, there's like a team of like, um, you know, there's Ben and, and, and Stevie and Amy Gascon and Aaron Becca Pope and Cara and AJ Powell super involved and Kristen Hirsch very involved at the time and all these people like doing all of this, this work. And as parts of it are still like, they're like they're like popping. So like uh, Amy Gascon, who we lost in North Carolina, they, I guess they needed her. Um, <laughs> she started the training center. Yeah, she was a, a one of the most sought after free agents to go down to North Carolina. And they got her. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, she started the training center for us, and you know, like we just started a new session of classes, and we've got you know like almost fifty people, like right. a bunch of classes that sold out. And so you know, this stuff, this work that happened you know, three, four years ago, it is still, like, it's still working, and it's some of what keeps us energized, for sure. Let's reset. I think it's a good point to reset. So the comedy project is what, and then I think what's unique is you offer corporate training using improv and comedy foundations of Mm -hmm. comedy to help uh, corporate training and help people see things differently. And develop in professional development. So I think that's unique outside yeah. of sketch comedy and improv comedy that you perform, and you can go have a drink and see a show just like you would anywhere else mm-hmm. at a comedy place. But the comedy project is on the west side on Leonard Street. Yeah, it's uh, near. It's this really cool. Pl- it's like yeah. a cool place. Like one of our main things. Like we wanted the place to be cool. So actually, when we do even a lot of that stuff, private parties or corporate workshops, we try to get them to come there because we made we made it like this really cool yeah. place. To, you know, get out of whatever you're used to. Come here. It's a fun place. We're gonna do some things, but because you know the. Again, it goes back to like improv being communal and familial and all that stuff. Is that you know, like a lot of people who say they're nervous about doing improv, whether it's for a workshop or on stage or in a class, is they're so worried that they have to say something fast and they have to say something funny. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I always try to say to try to like diffuse that is like, you don't. All you have to say is the next thing a human being would say after what else was said mm-hmm. or done. And that principle is is based in that in, in the whole thing of being present being like hyper present like paying attention really observational because if, if as long as i'm listening to you like i'm actually hearing everything you're saying and giving to me physically verbally i when, should be able when to when do res- you start that with this conversation <laughs> 
Can you just cue me when you're present <laughs> when I'm listening start to me? Listening to you? <laughs> I think I've been responding pretty on point. The things I've talked about with you that I did not want to get into. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You think I wanted Sorry. to talk about Petrichus? <laughs> you think I wanted to talk about him again? <laughs> Everywhere you get Burge? Really? <laughs> no. Sorry, derailed you. But being present and using that as a as a tool. Not only to develop sketch comedy skills or improvisational skills, but you can use that in your own life. It's your, your life. It's your work. Yeah. It's everything. Because like, when when it happens, like, so that's the thing. Like when you know, having done it so long, when I'm doing a scene with someone who maybe hasn't been doing improv very long, and they realize, kind of like again, I was saying when I worked with Josh Burge uh, on 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 Buzzard, when another improviser realizes that. In my in my case, when they realize that I'm like I'm not going anywhere, mm-hmm. like, yep, I'm here. I'm right. I'm I'm with you. Where what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very you know it's empowering for you because you're like, okay, it's you know like right. you it it's it's not just supportive. It's um, yeah I don't know. I, I, well, it's this creative cauldron that keeps like heating up as you go. And I don't mean that it gets frenetic and crazy. I just mean that there's this uh, there's this shared creative uh, foundation that keeps building on itself as you go through. Yeah. But there's still no net. Yeah. You're not sure where boom, it's going. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I've always admired uh, from that standpoint of just pulling things out of the ether and then it becomes this thing. And I can't... Matt, do you uh, think about performance almost being present, but almost blank? You're not trying to think too much about anticipating. Are you trying to be so reactionary on the uh, on the next sort of idea you're building on what somebody else just said, or are you hoping that there's a thread? And if you lob out something, I don't know. Uh, in the yeah, moment, it's, it's really like this abstract moment thing I'm asking about, but. I it's I just think it's both. It's just so it's real again, which is just an improv thing. It's very collaborative. So I'm hyper listening and paying attention to this person, assuming, hoping they're doing the same with me. Mm-hmm. So when I sit down and I say, "Okay, yeah, let's do this," you hopefully got you know you got something from the way I said that and the way I sat down. I'm like, oh, does he not want to do this? Mm-hmm. And so then you get to respond in a way. And so then, right, now we're right. building this thing together. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, definitely a big, my, my uh, kind of like uh, goal or motivation working with someone else is to like, I'm going to get as much as I can. All the things that you're trying to give me, I'm going to try to catch all of them. Mm-hmm. And as long as I'm, just, you know, and then hopefully if they're doing the same thing. You know, we're gonna find we're gonna catch some interesting things yeah. together. I want you to talk a little bit more about this idea. There aren't many places where you can get corporate training, mm-hmm. and I'm imagining that as uh, part of your one arm of your business, uh, it can be a real foundation financially in terms of that. Yeah. But what do what do people find effective about? comedy project and in going through uh, classes. So how are you typically approached about using uh, the comedy projects training seminars? I know there's comedy training. Sure. And then there's the corporate side. So I'm asking about the corporate side. Sure. Uh, So I I did it. I did a fair amount of it at when I was at Second City. And so, yeah, our kind of arm of that is called RoboCore. Uh, at the comedy project, just to tie in with our, our robot logo, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, I mean, we get people, you know, companies, you know, some of it is, you know, like it's marketing, you know, because that, you know, it, it, it's very good. You know, a lot of the improv mindset is very good for, you know, like innovation and collaboration mm -hmm. and brainstorming. It's, um, is it design thinking? Sure. That's that big thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, there's lots of overlap mm -hmm. with all of the, like the design thinking yeah. mindset. Well, I think certain departments, maybe it's not for the finance accounting department necessarily because they, they have to stay like, but certainly design teams, human I mean, resources. Salespeople, yeah. you know, like we talk a lot about with salespeople about how, you know, like they get tied to a script, their expectations of the last client that they worked with. And, but by doing that, they potentially miss the something that the person they're talking to now said or did mm -hmm. that would have made them know how they actually needed to, to sell to this right. person. Um, or to connect to the person. Right. Well, again, these schools are transferable, being present, hearing, taking information, mm -hmm. using that to, uh, advantage is the wrong word, but using that as uh, an opportunity to learn more on the next exchange that you have and mm -hmm. keep building relationships, I think could be a really, uh, you know, valuable for people who haven't really thought of that as an approach, yeah. either in their corporate life or, as you said, sales or even your own just relationships. It's a different way to, like, Put a, an antenna out to receive information. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then other the other arm of that is just like if you're just interested in improv or stand up, you have classes for that. Yeah. Right? And you yeah. can put on you go through a particular program, and it isn't like you're all just in a room uh, kicking stuff around. It's mm -hmm. there's a curriculum yep. to it and foundational aspect to it. For sure. So it's a really robust offering that you have. Um, right here in Grand Rapids, and I'm not trying to make this a pitch thing, but I just love the idea of this as a resource for people to explore. It's safe. Yeah. It's like, there's how many people, I'm sure, because you're in, in the comedy, acting, voiceover, like you're writing, you do a lot of freelance writing in terms of script development for uh, corporate training and other types of aspects like that, mm -hmm. where... People just say, oh, I'm really interested, or I wish I did. And I remember seeing social posts, and uh -huh. this is a long-winded question, but I, I remember seeing, you know, like a 55-year-old woman who's like, I'm finally pursuing yeah. my, uh, just to see if yeah, I can do improv. Yeah, we have a 65-year-old guy in one of the stand-up classes right yeah, now. Yeah, it's never too yeah. late. And then there's other people who are like, oh, I'm really, they're in a younger, uh, uh, they just happen to be younger, but they're really trying to see if this is something that they're good at. Yeah, and one of the, I mean, one of the things when, when she was first like working on the training center stuff, like one of the campaigns that uh, Amy pushed out was this you know, make friends as an adult. And so, because it is, you know, it is also that yeah. for some people, you know, mm -hmm. like, so of the people that are taking classes, so we have improv classes, sketch comedy writing classes, and then stand-up writing classes. And, you know, we have people that are just like, I was looking for something to do. Mm -hmm. We've got people who like, it's on my bucket list. We've got people who like, kind of think they want to try to pursue it professionally. Yeah. And I would say they're probably e fairly evenly mixed. Mm -hmm. Like it's, which I think is why it's so, I think feels pretty warm and supportive to people. Yeah. Cause it's not like the person who just kind of is trying it is walking into a room full of 10 people who are like, we're hardcore comedians. Let's do comedy. Yeah. It's all like, yeah, we're, yeah let's try this. Yeah. 
Well, that's where that safety comes in, and you don't have to come in as this sharpened blade to slay people or to slay, you know, it's really so foundational, mm-hmm. and it's baby-stepping it through, and through that, you can develop some skills you didn't have before, and even put on, you know, have a live audience. Yeah, it's like interesting, that. too, because like you mentioned, you know, like, for as involved as, as I've been in the community for, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 years now doing comedy, and there are 40 or 50 people that I don't know, didn't know, taking comedy classes right now Mm -hmm. at a place. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. And so if, you know, if we can start, like, everything's so new and then COVID happened, you know, like, we were, you know, like you said, just, I'm like, our grand opening was January 31st of 2020. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, yeah, so breaks got put on pretty hard, but... The potential for like this, like really vibrant improv and sketch community, yeah. where like groups are forming and starting and putting on shows, is like I think that's probably I mean to go way back to a question about like resilience, or, like that's probably it. I think that's probably what keeps me kind of going right now. Yeah. Is like I still feel like I still feel like it can happen and it will be worth helping it happen. Yeah, and I yeah I think um, you know that it. It certainly won't happen if a place doesn't exist like that. So you're, you're, it's the chicken or egg or whatever. It's a, you're still in the fog of like everything creatively and the business side and all this stuff to, to kind of cloud your uh, confidence. And, and I think every creative's gone through it in this period. It isn't that it's unique to anything. But you add the financial pressure of a physical space and trying to commit your full self to it. It really, uh, yeah, I'm hopeful. You know, I, I, I've spent a lot of last year. It was oddly not the first year of the pandemic that I was like, oh, well, I guess we'll be okay. Uh-huh. And then the second year hit, and I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Yeah. You know, really reevaluating. But coming back in and some work is coming back and seeing some abstract light at the end of the tunnel one way or another, uh, I feel better about. 2022 than I felt about 2021, that's for sure. Yeah, but. I know for a long time, I was like, people would say, I think, well, is there light at the town? I was like, there is a light, but I think it's red. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what color should yeah. the light be. It's, it's the train coming at you to take you out in the tunnel for sure to run you over and destroy you. Um, so I, I'm curious, just I know this is an age old question, but I would, I am curious who some of the people that really influenced you coming up, and I'm talking like on a national stage or like who's on tour that you wouldn't miss as a stand-up or who in a movie you're never going to miss or, you know, what worlds sort of occupy your mind as like the giants in in Joe Uh, Anderson's mind. I mean, I I consider, I I still consider the, I love the American version too, but the British version of The Office is the funniest TV show I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I love Berbiglia in the stand-up world. That new uh, Nate Bergazzi, Bergazzi. Yeah. I just, I just think he's in perfect, non-traditional, perfect so jokes. Berbiglia has this like it's very much a one-man show. Oh, like, yeah. it's it's this this thing, but he's brilliant at it. And Bergazzi's just this. His delivery and timing is so sort of uh, non-traditional. It's precious, but it works, and it's so like that's yeah. so unique. Yeah, yeah, that that's great. Any, uh, sorry, um, cut you off just to add on to those. Yeah, but. I mean, in the stand-up world, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Michelle Wolf. Uh, which, again, just perfect, just biting biting jokes. Uh, 
and to kind of you know, encapsulate, I guess, or uh, include other mediums that that mm -hmm. that kind of have um, informed my my taste. You know, again, Royal Tenenbaums, I think, is like it'll be in my top ten forever. Like, yeah. no movie will ever bump that out of my top ten movies. Yeah. Uh, so I think again that just like that's subtle. Fairly dark um, yeah. comedy is is definitely where I skew the comedy. Yeah, so much between that tragedy, pain, and humor, they're so close together that when you take defeated characters, there's so much humor in that. Mm -hmm. Whether it's The Office and you know Ricky Gervais's mm -hmm. uh, Office, uh, actually, do you like Afterlife and all these other things? That he's I haven't added? watched all of them. I yeah. watched. I, I have watched some of that. I, I'm sure I'd like it. Sure. Um, I watched that. Who's the movie? I, there's some movie too about about dying, like about God. Yeah, I don't remember what that. I, mean, I didn't see that one. Yeah, like, but I watched Afterlife, and the then there was uh, the um, the one where he paid with him and Carl. Yeah, was, was it? Uh, was it Carl? There Can't was... remember. No, Carl's the one of the guys. But he was a uh, he was like played an autistic. Oh, extra. Or, oh, no. Nah, yeah, well, extras, extras was great too. Right. Anyway. Well, yeah. people would be frustrated with that part of the conversation because they're yelling <laughs> the name right now. But, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, comedy heroes. Yeah. Uh, I, I just kind of want to wrap on one thing that has uh, yeah. been bugging me for a long time. Okay. okay? Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, a lot of people don't know you. You were quite the BMX rider. Oh, uh, it's true. Yeah, yeah, my other life. Jumping berms and the, the the whatever it is. Did you have the pipes on the front and the uh, back of the? Yeah, the they're bike? called pegs, and I pegs. Didn't, I didn't jump berms. Um, you didn't jump the berm because oh, that well, that was more racing, and I I did more. I was skate. Oh, you park were stuff. you were parkour on a bike. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I don't know how old you were. Probably uh, high school. Yeah, seventeen ish. Okay, seventeen. Went off to this odd. Yeah. Summer camp. Yep. Right? Yep. There's Wood BMX. Woodward Camp. Woodward Camp. Pennsylvania. What's, Pennsylvania, yep. right? Uh, there are oddly, uh, you know, traditional campers. Yeah. There's a whole BMX gang. Yeah. Biking gang. Skateboarders. Doing their skateboarders. Yeah. Uh, gymnasts. Probably gymnasts. Gymnastics. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was. I don't a, understand the blend of this camp. Uh huh. And also, uh, there, was was, there was kind of a relationship that built out of that with, with my now sister-in-law, huh. Kristen yeah, Milanowski Ward. Uh, yeah, it's just names familiar. Infatuation. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but there was the, you got to know her at this yeah. camp. But I'm just like, what is this? Why did a gymnast meet a BMX person in Pennsylvania? Because life is perfect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, this camp Woodward, so it had been this like gymnastics camp for like Olympians to go right. train. And she was, she went to college on a uh, gymnastics scholarship. Yeah. She was very talented. At, um, <laughs> at Western. Was it Western? Yeah, she went to Western. And, uh, so they at some point decided to get into other stuff and they got into skateboarding and BMX and I was good at that point and I was hired to teach there and it was it was perfect. It was a bunch of like dirty BMXers and skateboarders and then the other half of the camp was mostly gymnastics girls. <laughs> um, there were a few gymnastic what? guys there, but I don't remember them. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, they were just the the muscle tees. There the, they did the huge guns, and yeah. you're like, I don't. I'm just yeah. a skinny skatehead over here. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I don't understand because uh, that seems almost like a scam. Like the whole camp uh-huh. could have been a scam. Uh-huh. And this world, like a movie should be made about a camp, but that camp. Uh huh. With was there music? Were there musicians there too at the same time? Uh, horseback riding? Was there, uh, there swimming was classes? Riding. Was there a lake? Uh, there was a lake. Yeah, there was yeah, there was places to swim. Um, but but it wasn't a normal. There was no part of it that was. I don't think there was nor. I don't think there were campers that didn't do either gymnastics, skateboarding, or BMX. Okay. I think it was like it was pretty specialized, and it was. And it was I think it was kind of an expensive camp to go to. How'd you get the coin, the scratch to go? I was there? teaching. Oh. They paid you. That's how good you were. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you retained yeah. any of those skills? Are you on the bike? Like, if you, if I, Mark, roll out the bike, and <laughs> then we're going to film you on the There's not a bike here. I would know if this there is was a, a berm bike here. right here. I don't <laughs> think I've no no lie. I definitely saw it and thought, oh, they could do a wall right on the wall, <laughs> and would if you weren't here. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, the, you still have a I bike in the garage? Have, yep, I have one at the Comedy Project. Really? I do. And then, is that ever a device? Uh, I haven't used it at the Comedy Project, but I just, there's a skate park near downtown now and very close to the Comedy Project, so I would go over there. And... Okay, so I don't really have a story to end on other than uh, Kristen's always admired you, remembers you from this camp. Mm-hmm. Somehow you got reconnected, or I, she saw I was a friend, and she wondered if Joe was this, and... Anyway, well, I think I saw your wife's last name, and I was like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, and then I asked, uh-huh. and then that somehow, and then that was a long, that was early Facebook days. Mm-hmm. I remember giving. She was flying home from Woodward one time, so she would have, you know, we were both seventeen or eighteen, mm-hmm. and I remember writing her some kind of like, like love love type note Longing on, a, on a puke bag, on a, <laughs> from the airport, from the, from the air, airplane. from the airplane. Yeah. I wonder if she still has it. Wouldn't it be she creepy better. if she had it, like, framed? <laughs> yeah, it would be creepy. In a great way, though, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's always 30 years of pining <laughs> for the kid on the BMX bike at the uh-huh. camp. Um, the other experience I can just attest is uh, when we were, uh, you were more involved with the Don't We Boys, but we did some, some video work for, I was doing a video work for our prize. Yeah. And you guys did this amazing thing. You guys just came in. Uh, we wanted to drive awareness to uh, the that people in the general public could vote for their favorite piece of work. Yeah. To win the two hundred thousand dollar cash prize. Yeah. And it, I think we were in a campaign year that year. Yeah. It was probably twenty eleven or twelve. And seamlessly did this uh, amazing. I'll actually I'll link them in the in your show page okay. with uh, those because they're just kind of fun and the it'll be a time machine back to that yeah. time. I think it was twenty. It must have been twenty twelve, twenty eleven that yeah, we did the uh, the campaign to get out the vote for art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, fun. but it was fun. Uh, there's yeah. just three. There was Dave and uh, you. And I forget the other guy's name. Probably Matt. Matt. It was Probably. Matt. Yeah, it was yeah. Matt. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to you know, and to, to you know, be you know, a little bit reciprocal. Not that you asked for this ahead of time. Not that this was something you demanded happen. But uh, the you know, in in a reciprocal way, I think you know, one of the things that I have always enjoyed about uh, the the projects and and the 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 end product with uh, with your stuff is that it's. Uh, it's not. It's not like good for here. It's not like. 
oh, yeah, good. Yeah, oh, no, it's good for here. It's like, no, it's just, it's just great. You know, it's just great work. And, and, and going, again, going back to the Don't Me Boys and with opening the comedy project, I was like, what if we just made a great place? And what if there were stakes involved? You know, like, what if we did have, you know, $6,000 a month that we had to come up with just to have the building? Right. Like, what if the shows had to be better? Yeah. And what if, the, what if the space had to be cooler? And so I, I, I appreciate that about you. And, and I appreciate that about this town uh, supporting it, you know, as best they can. Right. Um, well, I think there's, there is, I think, uh, I think I can be very honest and say that the community is fantastic, but there's part of the community that demands and sort of shits on Grand Rapids for not having things at a national scale. But then don't but support it when they get when it. When it's here, right. they're, they miss it when it's gone, mm -hmm. or they hear it struggling or it can't, you know, but they, did they really uh, actualize kind of what they were thinking was, you know, mm -hmm. they're, I always say, and I tell students this, and like at some point artists, art and commerce have to collide. And it isn't out of some nonprofit grant support. Like the money has to come from the general public enjoying the product. And, mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean you're entitled to be in business. If you don't put on, you know, right, it's not a good, good shows, or you don't, right. they don't enjoy the space, or whatever it is. But if you eliminate all that, put highly talented people in a room executing what they love to do, and provide a space for the public to come in and enjoy that and experience a very, very unique evening. Well, if it doesn't last, uh, a lot of that's on the community for mm -hmm. not being there. And I do feel that uh, I've been part of some successful projects and some that were highly unsuccessful. And I think my effort and scale, and I think I've seen other things uh, persist in town that deserve to be here, but um, it requires people to actively engage in supporting the arts in ways that they haven't always felt like uh, yeah. they want it there. They like that it's there. Yeah, they have to participate in like intimate, tangible ways. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You mean intimate in a different way, but that's I, probably why they're <laughs> they might they're thinking about whether they want to come on Thursdays. <laughs> no, but I, I totally agree, and thank you for that. I mean, I just think uh, this town is so this region. I'm always blown away by the talent level of everything from photography and videography, production companies, writers, but. There's something about that 10,000 hours, too, about the confidence to have, be a seasoned performer, have these sort of trainings that you're doing with improv, those, you've been exercising that muscle for a very, very long time, and you can feel it when you work with you, even our portrait session, or I ask the Don't You Boys to help me with an art prize project, or I watch other things that you do. There's a ease with which it looks, it looks effortless, mm -hmm. But it's not. It's, right. it's, it's earned, just, earned effort. Earned, <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, I'll just button this up. Unless we miss something in terms of comedy project or things you thought you might want to talk about. But, you know, I've admired you. I've appreciated you as a friend. You interviewed me last year for Laugh Fest when it was all remote and just enjoyed you sort of probing and making fun around the edges of, of what it was like to shoot co comedy and comedians. 
But anyway, long-winded way to say yeah. I'm glad you're my friend. I'm glad you're swinging at the comedy project. Uh, I myself need to put my money where my mouth is yeah. and get down there more often. And that sort of improv comedy sort of vein is something that, that I don't think I want to perform, but like just that that learning around that, that sort mindset. of that behavior, that dynamic between individuals could be really I use it for portrait sessions and things. I think there's things I can build on to become a better portrait photographer by using the corporate training um, aspects of that that I wouldn't expect. You know what I mean? In terms of mm-hmm. like um, I guess I expects the wrong word. Point is, it would be a, a pleasant surprise in how my skills might develop as a photographer by taking some improv classes. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, anyway. oh, I should I have to one name. Tom, a guy named Tom Mayer, who was one of the other main people who helped build everything at the Comedy Project. I We're going to cut that out. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Tom's. <laughs> but, hey, awesome. thanks for coming in. Yeah. Uh, everybody go see a comedy show at the Comedy Project or explore the corporate training. Maybe you're part of a big, uh, a big maybe you head up a big department in yeah. healthcare or finance or whatever it is, or you're doing a corporate retreat yeah, and you want to explore, reach out to Joe. Comedy Project. They have a beautiful website, too. That's really nice. Did you nice. hand-build that yourself, too? AJ Powell, who I referenced uh, earlier. AJ Powell. The, yeah, mastermind behind that. We're going to cut him out, too. <laughs> Just to be fair to Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Man, that was fun. That was Joe Anderson. If you can, get to the comedyproject.com. You can see their shows lineup of seminars if you're interested in learning about stand-up comedy or improv or sketch comedy or how you can use comedy as part of a corporate training tool they have it all at the comedy project it's an amazing facility they have a full liquor license and bar so if that's what it takes to uh entice you a little of the booze uh you got no excuses you got to get to the comedy project check out the amazing improv shows there truly truly needs your support especially now emerging out of the pandemic who doesn't need a good laugh and watch super talented people speaking of uh please visit the full exposure podcast.com episode page for joe anderson i've got a couple goodies a couple bonus videos you can see us in conversation plus see all the portraits i shot of joe uh just before we sat down and had this conversation so Hey, I just hope you have a great week. Please get out. Get out and support local restaurants, local theaters, local plays, the comedy project, uh, stand-up comedy, whatever it may be. Uh, We need the arts now more than ever. And I hope you have a great week, everybody. Let's go get it. The Full Exposure Podcast is brought to you by Dr. Peter Hahn and University of Michigan Health West in appreciation of the creative and artistic visionaries who enrich our lives through cultural connections.